Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome everybody to another episode of Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike's A to Z of the human body. I'm your host and friend, Dr. Mike Todorovich, and I'm joined by my co-host and mortal enemy, Dr. Matthew Barton. How are you, Matt? (laughs) That's quite an evil laugh. That's very good. Uh, Today, uh, we are on the letter A, and the term is a term that... I've noticed my students find quite difficult. This term? Understand the term? Understanding the term. Or the concept? Both. Okay. Uh, I think actually the concept's a lot easier to understand, but understanding the term itself in regards to its definition seems a bit convoluted. But uh, besides the point, the term is, as you're probably aware, because you've seen it written as the title. I don't don't think you've even mentioned it yet. Afterload. It's afterload, everybody. Um, So, Matt, you're going to focus on- This is a Metallica uh, album. Is it? Yep, so uh, we had Metallica, which is a rock band. Yeah, okay, okay. I think everyone knows Metallica, you moron. <laughs> we had the Black Album, which is the f- most famous album. Great album, yeah. Then we went to Load. Okay. So the, the album after <laughs> Load. Yeah, wait, is it? <laughs> well, actually Reload, I think that was. Oh, I knew you screwed it up. Anyway. Uh, no. Let, let's, I just want to tell the listeners a really interesting uh, personal fact, uh, not about me, but about Matt. Matt was a huge Metallica fan. Weren't you? Rock on, man. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find very interesting. You went to Metallica concerts? I went to a Metallica concert in year 10. Right. Okay, so this is at Newcastle Stadium. Yep. So Newcastle was between Sydney and where I, nowhere. <laughs> where I live. Between Sydney and nowhere. <laughs> yep. So I went there in year 10. Dad took me with another friend, but Dad stayed in the car, in the car park. What a man. And he said... The car was shaking the whole time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because he was rocking? No, no, because he was oh, rocking. Just the, rever- the rever- reverberations that came out. Was it a stadium. good Was it a good show? It was. Yeah? You yes, they're, they're, 
It's a good band. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't really listen to them much anymore, but in my hey, heyday. That breaks my heart. Yeah. I still listen to Metallica. Do you? Yeah. Mainly when I'm in the gym. There's a couple of good songs. Disappear, I Disappear. It's a good song to I, Weight Train too. I think that's more of their recent stuff. Okay, here we go. Yeah, recent being 15 years, but sure. What about um, Master of Puppets that was played on Stranger Things? You know how you played oh, on top yes. of Caravan? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yes, that's right. That mm. was cool. That was very cool. All right, let's not waste time. We're two and a half minutes in to a 10-minute show, and it's a complex term, afterload. The term itself isn't actually, as in the words, afterload as one word. What is it? What's your definition that you've got? So afterload, I couldn't come up with, I mean, I searched briefly. I probably should have spent cool. a bit more time on yeah. it. But so to Matt, find the first use of this term, my guess, my assumption was it was Yeah, people used, are here for your guesses. was first used with Frank Stalin, who came up with basically a lot of the laws of the way that the, the heart contracts, fills, and then... Uh, ejects blood. Frank Starling, the darling of cardiology. There we go. So the Frank Starling mechanism, that's basically stating, and again, off the top of my head, that the more you fill the heart, the more it will eject. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So it's kind of like a, a rubber band. The more that you stretch it back, the kind of greater force that would. The greater recoil it will have. Yeah. And yeah. it will produce a greater outcome. Greater All right. So, let, so let's talk about afterload. Um, what do you want to say about afterload? Because I've got the definition that I use well, you, for my students. Well, afterload is the pressure that the heart must work against to eject. And this is in systole. Systole is during ventricular contraction. Sure. Technically, right? I mean, you could yeah. have atrial systole. Very true. But it's generally when you hear the term systole, it's referring to the ventricles. Right and left. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yep. No, left. no, left and right. Okay. So that's right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so you're saying that here afterload is the resistive force that the blood experiences as that blood tries to leave one of the ventricles. Yep. So can we focus on the left-hand side here since that's the side that's going to be pumping blood to all the tissues the of body, the body? But I will bring it back to issues that can affect both left and right, but we can at this point in time focus on the left. So the way I think about it, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to have... Uh, a couple of different phases of the cardiac cycle. And in at one aspect, you've got blood filling the left ventricle, and this is called preload. So the maximum filling of that left ventricle, which is going to place a stretch on that left ventricle wall, left ventricular wall. And again, this is the Frank Starling mechanism. Mm. The more blood you fill that left ventricle with, the greater the muscles of the left ventricle stretches and the greater recoil or contractive yeah. force it will have to eject the blood out of the aorta, which is the one pipe that leaves the left ventricle, right? Yeah. Now, afterload is when that left ventricular wall contracts to push that blood out into the aorta, how much force, how much resistive force is it experiencing to get adequate amount of blood out? Now, there's always going to be some degree of resistive force because you're going from a an open chamber to a more narrow pipe. Mm -hmm. So there is always some degree of resistance, but it wants or there needs to be a particular percentage of ejection fraction that must come out, right? So usually what it's around about 70 mils, it needs that's, to eject. That's stroke volume, yep. The stroke volume, right? Okay, so it might fill it to 120 mils, yeah. but it's going to eject 70 mils out. And that's because it can't eject it all out because there's some degree of resistance. Yep, yep. But the thing is that, 
there's things that can make the resistance greater, which means makes it harder for the blood to get ejected mm. out of the aorta. So, for example, a really simple one is that the aorta is narrowed. Stenosis. A stenosis. And, you know, so you could have plaques built up. So you could look it. at the, the pipe of the aorta leaving the left ventricle. Yeah. And that would be close to in diameter as a, a golf ball. Maybe not quite. I usually say like two thumbs. But, I mean, just in terms of a circular size, probably somewhere between a squash ball and a golf ball. It's pretty big. Okay. So it's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. So this is having valvular structures or, you know, a semilunar valvular structures around it to stop the blood going backwards from the aorta back into the left ventricle. So if you have any circumstance which narrows that from a golf ball, which could be down to a marble. Okay. And then that would be considered aortic stenosis, yep. which could come about from a number of things, but an, a fairly common example would be from bacterial infections mm-hmm. that then post uh, recovery, I guess you would say, of the bacterial infection, the there is an immune oh, reaction like that starts, starts growing like uh, vegetations on the, on, okay. the, on the valve that okay. starts growing in Broccoli. Spinach. Probably looks like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Which narrows it, which then. Makes it harder for the blood to be ejected from the ventricle. That's right. Okay. So before we talk about why that's important to understand, what other things can increase the afterload? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, the other probably the, the most common example would be just a bigger, higher blood pressure. on uh, In the system. In the system. That's because right. we need to think um, about f- what's in front and what's behind, right? Yeah. So left ventricle, aorta, aorta, body. Whole body. Whole body. Or whole body arteries. Yes. So if your blood pressure or let's just say arterial blood pressure is increased, it so means- So let's just give a number here. This is a systolic number that we hear with the blood pressure, so yep. 120 millimetres of mercury. Yep. So if it's above, let's say, 140. Let's say in the 140s yep. above, that is now a greater pressure to push against or a greater afterload. Yeah, so it's going to be harder to get the blood out of the ventricle because the pressure in the arterial system is higher. So it's going, oh, so there's the left a lot ventricle, of resistance here. The left ventricle has to contract under greater force to get the same amount of blood out. Yes, that's right. Um and as you would imagine, the heart, because it's a muscle, if this is something that it's presented with for a long period of time, not just for transient periods of when you're exercising or something, 
But if this is day after day after day, week, month, year, decade, the afterload is so high that the left ventricle is trying to adapt to this and put on more muscle size. But over time that becomes probably maladaptive and it kind of will lose its ability to keep doing it. And this would lead to probably a, a form of heart failure. So this is the relevance of understanding afterload is that afterload can give you an indication as to how hard is the heart working uh, in order to overcome the yep. resistive pressures. And like Matt said, the repercussions of this is it's a muscle. So when you go into the gym and you do something that your muscles must, uh, you know, that, pr- that poses a resistive force that your muscles need to overcome, your muscles get larger. Yep. And it won't just happen if you go to the gym once a month. But if you go to the, but if you get experience these resistive forces every day, then the muscle goes, "Ooh, I need to overcome this to make it easier for me to pump the blood out." So the 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 default reaction of the muscle of the heart is to just get more muscular. But and that can be fine because you might hit a point where it gets bigger and stronger to overcome those resistive forces, and there's no harm, no foul. However, when the heart muscle gets larger two important things can happen. One, there's now more muscle tissue for it to be fed. And that can be an issue because now you need to start delivering more oxygenated blood to that muscle. But if you still can't overcome that force, it means oxygenated blood isn't leaving the heart for it to be fed. So that can, there's a a tipping point. And the other thing is that when the tissue gets larger and thicker, it can change the volume available in the ventricle to fill. So you can actually change how much blood can actually be, can fill inside of that ventricle as well. The other thing I'll add there is, and I I think we've discussed this before, but one important point of differentiation here is you may be an athlete, an athlete. An affluent athlete. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And you are, you have a high afterload whilst exercising. Yes. So you could be a marathon runner or a a cyclist or something, right? Where you are exercising for long periods of time per day. And your blood pressure is high, yeah. so your afterload is high. But there's some, there's a difference when you are exercising and have high blood pressure versus you are not exercising and you have high blood pressure and the way that the heart remodels. So in a... It's called allost- allostatic load. So let's just say with an athlete's heart, the way that it remodels is the length to width is proportional, whereas I think in a hypertension afterload, it becomes wider to longer. And then over time, it kind of becomes more like a myopathy, which makes the the heart not so efficient. Yes. But also, and I I, I could be wrong here, but I'm quite confident I'm not. If you blinded a cardiologist, I don't mean like see their eyes out (laughs) with a hot stick, but if you know, if you basically didn't tell the cardiologist who the patient was and you just showed them echoes of the heart of an athlete and of somebody with, um, let's say, just chronic hypertension, that they may not be able to differentiate between the two um, because, but, because both, are, both have had cardiac hypertrophy, yeah. right? And there is a point where it can become detrimental for an athlete. And there are athletes who will have cardiac arrest. Yep. because of the size of the heart. But generally speaking, because it's a transient resistive force that they experience, the heart grows in a healthy way, like you said, 
as opposed to chronically elevated hypertension that the heart must constantly yeah. overcome. So the remodeling can be can be slightly different. Um, so that's that's the important point is because you need to understand the afterload because it can give you an indication of what might be happening in the future in regards to cardiac remodeling. But that's left ventricle. Oh yeah, I just want to bring in the right ventricle. Because we're at 13 minutes now. Okay, this will be going to be super quick. Yep. Because everyone will think afterload is only for the left ventricle, but it can also be very important for the right. Yep. Now in the right side, there's not a, a pressure like the left. So the right ventricle is only pushing against a pressure or an afterload of 20 to 30 millimetres of mercury. Which is the pressure at the blood vessels at the lungs, right? Because that's where the right yeah, so if you, ventricle you, needs to send the you blood. You put a blood pressure cuff around the pulmonary trunk, your Difficult. blood pressure is one th- <laughs> oh, sorry, 30, not 130. 30 millimetres of mercury, not yeah. very much. It doesn't have to go very, very far. The lungs are just next door. So if you were to present a situation where the blood pressure goes up or the afterload goes up in the pulmonary trunk, then that will present an issue to the right ventricle because it hasn't got the capabilities to overcome a change in pressure very well, unlike the left. Yeah. So if you were to cause pulmonary congestion or constriction, commonly seen- So maybe like COPD, chronic bronchitis, uh, uh, emphysema. Yep. So there is a change in the vasculature in the lungs, more resistive increase in the um, restriction- of the blood vessels going into the lungs, therefore the afterload go up. Yep. And therefore the right ventricle may try to deal with it in the short term, but in the long term it will also fail. So the blood backs up? Yep, backs up. Into where? So the blood's entering the right-hand side of the heart from? Or the right atrium. Yeah. Which enters from? The vena cavas. So the superior and inferior. So, so the that, venous system. Yeah, the venous system. So can blood ultimately back up into the venous system? Yeah, so you can go to your neck, which is jugular venous pressure, and then down into your liver, spleen, and legs. So you can have jugular venous distension, and you can see the jugular vein. Pulsing. Pulsing. You can have uh, fluid leaking out at the abdomen around the liver. Yeah, you get big liver. Ascites. Big spleen, ascites, and then big ankles. Potentially. Okay. That that term is called core pulmonary and just basically means right side of heart failure due to lungs. Yeah, due to hypertension at, at, at the lungs. Which is afterload. There you go. There we have it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.